Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Kaiba podcast, a safe space for uh, students to have meaningful conversations on a wide variety of topics related to APU community and beyond. Well, my name is Ruxora, and along with my friend Dorcas, today we'll be ho- hosting this episode. And Dorcas, would you like to say hi? Hi. Um, yes. So Sora and I are going to be co-hosts for today's episode and it's very exciting. Um, so yeah, looking forward to our conversation. All right. Thank you, Dorcas. And today we have two uh, of our amazing senpais as guests for uh, today's episode. And uh, they are Shira Putrinda and uh, Nur Sultan Anvarev. Um, Shira Putrinda, I think we can call her Shira as um, she allowed us to do so. <laughs> She's from Indonesia and she graduated from APU uh, in 2013. And yeah, she has had much experience both in the employment as well as uh, she studied at a graduate school. And she, I guess, has come back to the employment world again after graduate school. And um, our second guest, uh, Nur Sultan, I think he has allowed us to call him Sultan by his nickname. And he has graduated from APU in 2021 in spring. And uh, he is at his job um, and he's doing his um, job at one of the Japanese companies called Yanmar. So yeah, we are extremely excited to have today's conversations with two of our uh, senpais. So senpais, would you like to <laughs> uh, have a little bit of a self-introduction? Yeah. Shira, would you like to go first? Sure. Hi, everyone. It's really great to be here today with Sora and Dorcas and also Sultan. I'm Shira. I graduated not so long time ago, right? It was in in spring 2013. I feel like it was just yesterday. Um, I was uh, studying international relations, APS, at APU. After graduating, I... uh, started my professional journey at Mitsubishi Motors Japan, headquartered in Tokyo for six years. Then I decided to quit to pursue my master's degree in international affairs in Berlin, Germany. After two years of my master's, now I'm back uh, working uh, professionally now as a program manager uh, at the at ANPAC is a non-profit organization uh, based in Berlin. Uh, we work uh, funded by the Berlin Senate, uh, German ministries, and also European Union. Nice to meet you all. Wow. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, maybe now could you please um, give uh, a bit of a self-introduction, Sultan? Yes, of course. Um, hi, everyone. I, I'm very much excited to be here with you today. 
Um, my name is Sultan. I'm from Uzbekistan and I graduated in 2021 spring. So it hasn't been that long yet. Right after graduation, I started working at a company called Yanmar. And I was assigned to work with pleasure boats and fishing boats. And now I'm doing uh, corporate management and corporate planning and project management. Yes. Mm. Looking forward to Ooh. today's conversation today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, guys. This is really exciting and just hearing about everything you're doing now. Um, Soda and I have so many questions, not to intimidate you. Um, we also have some fun questions, but before we get into them, I think for both Soda and I, we have some history with the guests as well. So we knew them before even having them come on the episode. So I want to ask you, Soda, who mm-hmm. do you know among these two alums and how did you get to know them? Tell us the story. <laughs> well, the story goes back a long time ago. <laughs> so uh, I got to know Sultan um, in my high school years. And Sultan was my... Um, elementary English teacher. So uh, yeah, he taught me English for around a year. And, uh, uh, and, that, and I met him in an English course, basically, he used to teach there. Um, and it was a very nice community back, uh, back there. And yeah, now, uh, kind of, the lines got together into one place, right, from Uzbekistan, coming to Japan. Um, so when I got into APU, Sultan was having his uh, last year, I guess. And yeah, this has been how I met him. Yeah, I'm going to talk in a minute, but I just feel like it's so interesting how you guys met when you're still in high school. He taught you and he came to Japan to study at APU and somehow you guys still connected when he came to Japan as well. And now he's on the Kaiwa podcast. So thank you, Sultan, for staying in touch with Sultan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, interesting and, fact. Uh, mm. Sorry. Yeah, actually, no, was one of my first students when I was still very <laughs> unconfident and inexperienced. Oh, yeah, it's... <laughs> that's so wholesome. Oh, yeah. Wow. But the English classes used to be very fun. I used to look forward to them because as a teacher, Sultan used to start every single lesson with a big smile on his face <laughs> and it used to energize all the students. <laughs> so it was quite exciting. <laughs> That's really nice. Are you going to consider teaching in the future, Sultan? <laughs> uh, not for the foreseeable future, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine, yeah. And then for me, I met Miss Shira. Hi, Shira. <laughs> I met Shira <laughs> about, I think, two years ago. APU was having, APU, I think APU Europe alumni chapter was having a Women's Day event, online event. And Shira was one of the organizers um, of that event. And I believe she's currently the interim president of the Europe alumni chapter. 
So she was like working with the others. They organized the event and they were having, like we went on Zoom, talked about women empowerment, like women in IT as well. And then there was a breakout session where we had to go to another site. And then I think we had to enter our favorite dessert so that we can be paired with somebody else. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember Guess entering. What? <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Shira, do you remember what you entered? Did I enter cheesecake? Mm, I think you entered cheesecake. I also entered cheesecake, but then we didn't meet up. And then I entered pudding. And yes. then I ended yes. up in the same room with Shira. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. pudding united you guys, right? Yes, pudding <laughs> united exactly. us. Yeah. And I think around that time she was writing her grad school thesis about mm. like women's role in peace building. And she was yeah. trying to also look at Liberia. So that connected us since I'm from Liberia as well. And since then, yeah, we've stayed in touch. Yes. And I'm really excited that she's here today. She's taking the oh. time to talk to us. So yeah, welcome. Thank you for the invitation, Lorcas. No problem. Luckily, that very event of the uh, APU Alumni Europe chapter happened and you guys met. And now we have uh, Shira as our guest. Thank you very much for all the, you know, chain of events. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's very amazing how people can get connected. But anyways, we... We want to know, Shira, you graduated in 2013. It's been a very long time, but it doesn't seem like you've forgotten much about APU. And Sultan, I feel like APU is still fresh in your mind. So we want to ask you guys, what would you say, I know your most memorable experience at APU or something that you miss a lot, either about APU or Beppo, since both of you are currently not in Beppo right now. All right. Um, yeah, there are many things, but the major would be the community. Like when I was in Beppo, I had so many friends, very good kohais like Sora and very uh, nice senpais, right? But once I moved to Osaka, only then did I realize how important it is to have, you know, good people around yourself, right? So that's why I miss the community very much. Just, you know, doing nothing, hanging around, going to a beach or, you know, studying together and stuff like that. Those were impressions. Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story, Sora, why we're still here in Beppu, let's make use of the time we have and enjoy mm-hmm. ourselves. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of a very um, important lesson or reminder for us who are yeah. in Beppu still, right, to enjoy it to the most. And how about Shira? Yeah, I mean, nine years after leaving Beppu, there are a lot of changes, of course. And every time I met APU alumni all over the world since I graduated, we always talk about how is it, how nice it is to eat in the cafeteria, eating agena sudashi <laughs> and karage chili sauce, you know, how how cheap it is compared to other food uh, that we've been eating but still delicious and of course i remember when when i was living in the ap house 
it was so close to um to the how do you call the stairs in front of APU cafeteria Wave. The wave, yeah. Ah, the wave! Oh my god, I even <laughs> forgot the name. The wave. So sometimes in in spring or or winter, we just go in the middle of the night and watch the stars from mm. from wave with our friends. Or when I moved downtown to Gekkai, <laughs> I don't know if you still call it Gekkai now. Gekkai. What? Yeah, what is it's that? like. Because APU is on the top of the hill, right? So it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of there, up above the world. So Genkai mm-hmm. is it's the underworld, basically. Ah. <laughs> so we used to call it Genkai. Oh, you you already moved Genkai. So instead of downtown, we call it Genkai because wow. we have Tenkusai. So the downtown is Genkai. So maybe you can, you can use that words again to kind of you know reviving it yeah. <laughs> we can try get kai yeah. took note yeah, so of we just, yeah we just enjoy like chilling as sultan mentioned we went to uh mochigahama beach having barbecue together in kitama or just studying together in joyful or mcdonald's it's yeah i think that's always there in 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 my memories and how fun it is as sultan also mentioned the community wow i think hearing you talk about it like that and these are things that we still do now these are things that like still happen but when you are living it is just like oh it's just life just daily life but hearing you speak about it like that just makes me realize okay this is actually a moment that i'm probably never going to have when i leave apu so it's a simple moment but just stay there in your heart in your mind and enjoy the most of it while you're still there (laughs) because i miss it very much that's true that's true well that end that ended on a sentimental note but soda please take (laughs) us All right. So then are we good to move on to the general questions and our main topic for today? Um, So the main topic for today is to uh, talk about the decision making process uh, for our lives post APU, as well as seek some advice from our senpais in terms of post-APU decision-making, whether it is related to job hunting or uh, working in Japan or studying uh, and continuing the study process at higher levels of um, academia. Yeah. So, all right. Maybe we can start with the question uh, related to the decision-making itself. So we were kind of interested very much on what were on on the process and the uh, philosophy of decision making uh, for you guys personally uh, after graduating, uh, what were your thought processes or how did you make your decision right after graduating? In the case, in both of your cases, you decided to uh, work first. So, how did you come to that decision? Yeah. 
Sierra, do you want to start? Um, okay. Um, I, I try to answer that. You know, um, um, it's very hard to come up with a perfect answer. But uh, personally, for me, this getting a job after a, after the graduation was the kind of default option. So mm -hmm. since I did not see any other paths for me to mm -hmm. solo follow, so I just went for the job hunting and started working. And uh, I finished my job hunting pretty much early, like while still I was in the third year. So in my fourth year, I just didn't spend much time thinking, just enjoying the life, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for sharing uh, with us that very moment of decision-making. I just want to say, sorry, mm -hmm. that's like the dream. In your fourth year, you just relax. That's like, that's goals, <laughs> honestly. Just relax exactly. in fourth year. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But go ahead, Sarah. Yeah, uh, that's a very important point because now we are on our third years, finishing the third year, <laughs> but the main decision-making processes uh, are, uh, you know, are ahead. We haven't done anything yet, anything major. So most of the stress is coming up. So we are kind of a little bit stressed in terms of that. But yeah, Shira, how about you? How, why did I uh, decide to to work in Japanese company, right? Mm -hmm. I think for me, having four years living in an APU, studying Japanese, gain the skill uh, in fluency in the language, I think it made sense to gain a professional experience uh, in Japanese company while uh, saving money for my uh, graduate school. And I really wanted to live in Tokyo also. So we made a pact with my best friend. Okay, both of us, we're gonna get a job in Japan and we're gonna live in Tokyo. Guess what? Both of us, we got job in Tokyo. We're both Indonesian. And she she got a job in Mitsubishi Fuso and I got a job in Mitsubishi Motors. So it was a wow. <laughs> funny also. That's so cool. Wow. That's like match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I it was not an easy, easy journey for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I I remember I submit more than 50 <laughs> Direki wow. show and job applications. Yeah. Wow. But in the end, it worked. Mm. Do you remember, like, around what time you got your job? Like, I think it's around spring, I guess. Mm. Mm. So, of, one, mm. around one year before I graduate. So, it was the time of mm. doing mass, uh, no, bachelor thesis, too. So, mm. one year before you graduated, was that like towards the end of your third year? Yes, to the the beginning of the third. Wow. Yes, towards the end of the third year. Sorry, my memory. Towards the end of the third year. 
Yeah, it's been very long. So same as Sultan as well, both of you like got <laughs> I'm saying this is really funny. So both of you got your jobs towards the end of your third year. I'm laughing because Soda and I are exactly at that place. And I don't know about you, Soda, but I have not started a job. <laughs> exactly. Me too. No applications for the grad school yet. <laughs> But so, I guess we can blame it on like the difference in I don't know time, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that's that's really cool. I I actually want to ask you guys about what you are doing now, just to talk a bit more about like the work you are doing right now. Perhaps you can. I know Sultan is working at Yanmar in. Um, Osaka and Shira is working at Impact in, which is based in Berlin. But like, what what do you guys do? What does your work entail? Perhaps we can start with Shira. Sure. Um, so we are a nonprofit organization, well, an NGO that support, well, empower entrepreneurships around the world uh, in uh in this shape of development cooperation. So we have fundings from the public entities and uh, we develop program, capacity building program for entrepreneurs. And one of the, the project that I'm currently uh, in charge of responsible for is to uh, develop a program where we invite entrepreneurs from Asia to enter European market via Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we work closely with the Berlin state government. They call it Berlin Senate. And we also work uh, closely with other partners, the Berlin startup ecosystem. And sometimes we're bringing delegations from Germany to Asia and so on. Wow. That sounds yeah, very and- interesting. It sounds like no one day or week or month is the same. Like there's a lot of different things happening. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. nice. That's good. Yeah. Yes. How about Sultan? Yes. So as you said, I work for Yanmar and currently I'm in one of the Yanmar's <clears throat> child companies. Uh, which specializes in production and sale of pleasure boats and fishing boats. To be honest, like two or three years ago, I would never believe that, you know, I would be working with ships and boats, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, so it's very new world for me. And since I'm a new employee, I have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. But basically my work entails, so we have, Uh, boats that are being made and sold in Japan and we are trying to shift the production and sales to to other countries as well Mm. so I try to take a boat and then calculate its profitability for example when it's produced in Vietnam let's say Mm -hmm. right and then with my results I go to the executives and try to get their permission to start the project and if the project starts I oversee until the production yes so it is pretty challenging because it Mm -hmm. requires you know the whole process of making a boat and the Mm -hmm. process of like sales 
from the beginning to the end, which I don't know, right? But on the other hand, there is no routine work. There is no, like, mm. there are no repetitive tasks. Like once I start mm -hmm. one project, it takes one to two months to finish. Mm -hmm. And it's, the, as it is a long process, it's interesting. Yeah. Boats, ships, that's, that's exciting. I'm just going to say that's exciting. Wow. I imagine there must be a lot of like, technical terms and you're doing everything in Japanese, right? Yes. Okay. Just to put that out. Yes. Although it is, the work is focused to the foreign countries. The work itself is fully in Japanese. And fully in Japanese. there are, of course, many technical terms. Yeah. And... I can imagine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's wow. quite challenging. But, mm. Just a quick question on the production of the boats. Uh, is the production mostly based in the South uh, Asian countries like Vietnam? I mean, are they away from Japan? Are there also bases which produce boats in Japan? So for the time being, they are produced mm -hmm. only in Japan, in Oita, actually. Oita? Right in front of the Oita airport, there is this Yanmar shipbuilding company wow. right okay. so now we are kind of trying to shift the production to the uh, southeast asian asian countries as well like mm -hmm. thai and vietnam because mm -hmm. i think thai it's irrelevant but i think thai has a very good shipbuilding uh, college so they have mm -hmm. very quality shipbuilders seemingly mm -hmm. yeah. i see and as Sultan mentioned uh, the college, um, I kind of came up with another question, if that's mm -hmm. okay, for Shira. Shira, do you also work with um, entrepreneur groups or people who are in their college years or undergraduate years who are students? So uh, the program that I'm responsible for, it's mainly for uh early stage, I mean, mature, mature startups or scale-ups. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> sorry that I'm saying, oh, no. So um, they're, they're not university students, but they're already some kind of develop uh, revenue in their own domestic local markets. Hence this internationalization and market expansion uh, project. Uh, for oh. them to enter European market, yes. Okay, wow. so the uh, entrepreneur should be a little more established than it's, just yes. uh, having ideas. Mm. Exactly. Okay, wow. that sounds interesting. That's exciting, yeah. Um, quick question, what are some like companies, like the comp some of the companies you've worked with, what are some of the things that what are some of the entrepreneurial pursuits that they do? Like, what kind of things do they engage in? Uh, yeah, for example, there is one startup in Indonesia that developed vegan leather from mushroom. Wow. And yes, and he his startup has been uh, doing a fashion week in Paris. So the leather jacket is a vegan leather, and I think he's on, I don't know if you have it in Japan, but in, in Europe, especially, uh, we have Zalando, 
So it's kind of the Amazon, the Rakuten of, of Europe. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they also, in Europe, sustainability is something that is very much uh, developed, as in there are a lot of interest and demand on, on pr- promoting sustainability. So that's one of the the startup that we're supporting. There's also this startup that recycled uh, plastic waste mm-hmm. to uh, swim shorts. Wow. Wow. That's so innovative. Yeah. Very, very innovative. There's also a startup in India. She she started uh, inclusive fashion for people who has uh, limited ability. And Mm -hmm. they are just so amazing and inspiring working with them. Yeah, just listening to all of what they're doing, that that's amazing. That's something like you'd want to be part of. That's that's really good. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, both of you, the work you're doing, it's actually making me to, you know, look forward to professional life just a little bit. But yeah, thank you for the impact you're having now. Yeah. And so you guys came to APU, had fun, got jobs, graduated from APU, and then started to work. So Soda and I are curious because now we're a part of the Kiowa podcast, which is our extracurricular activity. And so we are wondering, how do you think like we and other students could utilize like the experiences that we have from these extracurricular activities at APU when we graduate or even before we graduate, maybe during interviews as well. Like, how do you think we could use utilize these experiences or skills um, in the future? Maybe there were things that you're able to take from APU as you went into the job market. Perhaps you could share your story with us on that. Anybody who feels ready can go first. Or you can also take your time to think. Um, okay, uh, can I go? Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, when it comes to extracurricular activities, I honestly don't have that much experience. But uh, I can think of two main benefits, which are quite known. I guess the the first one is the connections. You get to meet a lot of people, and you get to talk and hear their perspectives, right? Especially when mm-hmm. you feel lost in terms of the job hunting, let's say, right? So you can, mm-hmm. if you know many friends, you can go around and ask them what they want, what they are planning, and it can actually help you to see some different, you know, uh, angles of your mm-hmm. of the situation right and even after graduation if you have friends for example if you had have had many friends at APU mm-hmm. uh, you may meet up with them you know you may still keep in touch and sometimes even you know you use each other for example mm-hmm. if you are looking for a job right or if you want to start a business and you need a professional advice Mm-hmm. You can definitely make use of your connection. So that's why the first thing would be people. 
And the second thing is uh, working with others. You know, you've been probably preparing for this podcast uh, weeks ahead, and I'm mm. sure it hasn't mm. been easy, right? But yeah. but this yeah. experience itself is very precious. You know, where you start something from zero, and then you uh, work your way up to make it possible. And especially when you do that with like a team of people, it actually requires some quite special skills and uh, an extracurricular activity like this one is a good place to learn them. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Work like people, the connections we make and also the teamwork skills that we gather here. Okay. I think we're getting that from this thing we're doing right so <laughs> yeah we're doing our best yeah <laughs> then we can reap the benefits <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully yeah okay. yeah and about the teamwork if i can add you know when we were at apu when a teamwork happens there was always someone who wants to do free riding right or doesn't want to contribute Yes. And, you know, I used to think that it's not good. And I thought that these kind of things are going to go away once you start working. Right? But once oh, I start no. working, I see that that's still the reality. You know, in your oh, teams, no. if you had six or seven people, not everyone is willing to contribute or collaborate with you. Right. But you still have to get the job done. <laughs> mm. uh, that's why this team working experience is actually very valuable. Wow. And also a question on that. So I know at APU, some professors say mm. if their students wouldn't contribute, let us know, like say their names and then we won't give them points or something, some sort of penalty. In the workspace, what is it like? Like when somebody doesn't contribute, do you just like keep quiet and you know, like <laughs> like like group work, team player? What happens? Well, yeah, that's a very good question. You know, if someone does not contribute, your work won't move forward. Yeah, you know, exactly. For example, let's say you have someone from quality control and you have someone from the development and someone from sales, right? Mm -hmm. Every person's job is important. Yes. That's why if you are especially the one overseeing this project, you just have to find a way to make them contribute. You can't go to mm. your boss and complain. It just <laughs> won't work. Wow. Ah, okay. That's hard. good. News. <laughs> so you have to put in more work communicating with them, checking in, all of that. Wow. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. You need to, you know, make yourself likable as a person. Make <laughs> yourself likable. Okay. Wow. That's that's good heads up for us as well. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. How about Shira? Yes. I think I I, I agree with about Sultan that teamwork skills help in the in the working world. Also leadership for example you have these ideas initiatives of starting a kaiwa podcast or anything else and then and then you make it happen you make it reality so the transforming ideas into something 
that is concrete. Uh, like I can think of experience that I did with during the cultural week, multicultural mm-hmm. week. I hope you still have it in Napier because that's yes. one of the fun uh, yes. time. So, yes. so we, yeah, I think I learned how we can create initiating ideas and then make it a concrete uh, design in the background of the Millennium Hall or what kind of activities that we want uh, during the multicultural week from Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And also uh, proactive, I guess yeah. this is something that I thought it's working very, uh, it's helping a lot in the work uh, working world because especially if you're uh, a new shying new mm-hmm. employee the fresh uh, graduate from your company they expect you to be proactive to be uh, asking questions and and if something is not uh, right or or I remember one of the 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 training that we have during our Shinu Shaing uh, is the project of uh, Kaizen. So trying to improve the processes that we experience and see it from a fresh uh, perspective and how it can be uh, improved. Uh, so yeah, I think teamwork, proactive and also leadership, those mm-hmm. are are the skills that you can you that I personally gained in AP and I think it's even now I found it very helpful for my for my uh, professional uh, work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the thing that um, I mean what you brought up both of you uh, in terms of extracurriculars and their uh, benefits are very much how can i say refreshing and it's also nice uh, Mm -hmm. that as students we are trying to do something and uh, after hearing your words uh, it's kind of reinforcing the idea that it's not in vain what we are doing uh, although we're putting extra time or efforts and then uh, especially as you're saying in the workplace uh, in the future those qualities will be uh, something that will be expected from you, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, if the person didn't have much practice of those skills beforehand, then in the workplace, it might be a little bit um, pressuresome or a little bit yeah. difficult for the person to actually kind of come up with something, right? Might yeah. serve as a problem, I guess. So that was pretty important point that I got from what you said. So yeah, indeed, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm not sure whether it's a good timing to bring up this question, but in my case currently as the third year student, and I hope that most of the listeners can also relate to that, um, there is a very difficult moment when you have to make decisions, right? Uh, whether to go uh, and do job hunting or to to choose some other paths, such as pursuing uh, graduate school, right? So in this very kind of crossroad, I would say, <laughs> um, 
I chose the graduate school pathway and probably some other of my uh, friends did are going to do that. So, and I'm doing that because I cannot imagine myself in the, uh, in the job market or in the company or somewhere. I cannot imagine myself or maybe I feel that I'm not ready yet for that. So as a person who is going for the grad school as a way of delaying the uh, career options or career decisions, um, what kind of thoughts would you come up with in this very case? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Just choosing grad school as a way of delaying decision-making for employment. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. That's, that's a really great uh, question. I think I'm not sure how it is um, now, but during my time or what I've learned from my master's uh, studies, also working together with uh, people in Europe, most of the young people, they go from bachelor directly to master's degree. Oh. Yes, I think that's very common. And I I don't see any, any minus about it, but I can tell the difference whether you have gone to uh, professional or working experience or not. That is because I think in a professional workplace, but correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Sultan, if you also have a different perspective, I think there are some kind of soft skill within the organization or company that you work for that, for example, collaborating with different departments or having a boss uh, that giving you some kind of guidance or disagreeing and agreeing with the boss or team and how you can work with people that skills i think you can of course working as a group uh, during the 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 university time we we train that but there is differences between working as a group in in uh, as a student and working as a group in the workplace because you have your salary as your incentive and mm -hmm. also in the in the long in the short uh, time short period you don't want to be um fired mm. <laughs> so the higher yeah. state <laughs> exactly yeah and and i think but of course, when you're in university, you also have internship experience and that's the way you, you, you gain these skills. Mm -hmm. okay. But there's, there's, there's no, nothing wrong about going grad, directly to graduate school because I think yes. you have also more opportunities to discover what do you want to do in the future of your of your professional or work, whether you are more interested in research or you are more interested in something that is concrete and uh, how how do you say it in Japanese? There is this work word where you're saying your foot is is light. Mm -hmm. 
when people are are uh, preferring to be on the ground and and have more flexibility not only in front of the desk there is a word in japanese that seems like it would be a good word for me also <laughs> I, I, I i don't remember i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we can we can do our search after a while yeah. maybe our listeners can you know help us Later. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> please, when the podcast is released, please comment yes. on Instagram. Let us know what the word is. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Could I? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, when it comes to graduate school, I don't have experience. And of course, I cannot see the picture fully, but... Personally, I think there are two types of people who go to grad school. The first type would be people who want to specialize in certain field. As mm -hmm. Shira mentioned, maybe do some research or mm -hmm. improve, like really specialize on a narrow field, let's say, like mm -hmm. become a kind of a product marketing researcher or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And the second type of the people who go straight into the grad school after bachelor's would be, in my opinion, people who don't really know what they want to do after bachelor's. All of us, all of us. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't mean to be rude, but that's the reality. That it's could okay. be the reality, right? So exactly. and for the first type of people, the graduates is the best option because it matches their goals and i think that's that's just best for them right but mm -hmm. when it comes to the second type of people if you look a little bit deeper the reason these people don't know why what they want is because maybe they didn't really try that mm. many things right and that's <laughs> one thing about apu like they don't have the internship culture mm. right and that's why as a bachelor i think it's very important to take part in full-time internships doing different uh -huh. things like working at a hotel like being an accountant if you are interested in it working for some it right so that mm. you get a taste of your field of choice you know so that mm. you know more or less at least you will know what you don't like or what you don't want why mm -hmm. i'm saying that's important because let's say you you still don't know what you want and you go to graduate school and you uh -huh. specialize in uh, in a field right but yes. you have never worked in that field. So what if after graduation, you get a job, you work for three months and you don't like it? Mm. Mm. I mean, it's not waste of time. Of course, you get a lot of different experiences as well. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's, but that's also an important question. That's why mm -hmm. if I were a student who is considering going to a grad school just because he or she doesn't know what to do, then I would just defer my graduation and try to look for some internships, maybe, or uh, ask people around what they are doing and get my, you know, get hands on on some actual uh, work. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's that again, makes that's a lot just of sense. That's my opinion. Yeah, mm -hmm. mm, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think. So totally I agree. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Sora and I are also in a seminar um, with our professor. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if I can say his name, but it's an IR class. And he said exactly the same thing that both you and Shira have said. Like, yes, grad school really it kind of narrows you down as well because you have to focus on the specific research or something. So it's not necessarily the place for you to go and then decide what to do in the workplace, like, or what to do with your life later on. So rather like taking time to think about that, trying different things, maybe working as well. That might even be a place where you can try different things mm -hmm. and also figure out what you're interested in. So, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. So the keyword would be for uh, most of the third years or fourth years, trying out, right? <laughs> Before making yes. decisions and doing things. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. And Shira, I want to ask you because you went to grad, you went to, huh? you went to work. You got a yeah. job and you worked for a while before going to grad school. And I'm considering a similar path where I want to work a bit for like two, three years and then go to grad school after. But I'm a bit scared because people keep saying, or not keep saying, some people say, if you decide to work before going to school, it's hard because you don't have any enthusiasm for school anymore. Or just like, it's a bit more difficult to get into schools. I don't know how true that is. But how was that process for you? especially since you worked for about six years before like going yeah. to grad school. Yeah, I think one of the most, uh, it is indeed, there are some challenges. There were some challenges that I experienced moving from professional uh, to student. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first is financial. Mm. Because when you work, you are used with having this monthly allowance, well, sal the salary themselves, yeah. which makes you not dependent or ha having to have a little bit of loose uh, in, your, in your financial management. But when you're a student, you really need to be careful about the budget, right? Mm. So these, having a... a a better financial condition to a student life that's kind of a big shock and that was the 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 most difficult challenges that i would say mm -hmm. and for the 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 questions that you have about getting used to study again not enthusiastic i think some of the the factors uh that that making people having that thoughts or feelings, uh, in my opinion, it will be this financial reason, right? Mm. Because you you know that by doing your work, you can get a salary and so on. But yeah. I, I think for me also what I found uh, a little bit challenging is, is uh, reading a lot of uh, research. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. during, during professional work, of course, you also do research, but not as intense as, as in the graduate school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but this is something that you get used to it again like after two three months you get you get into like the graduate school mode and mm. and for me i find it these challenges is something that is a leverage to your after graduation graduate school professional experience as like mm. something that train you uh to be uh more skillful in terms of like adapting to different environment and so on so in s- these challenges in the beginning it was not easy but after you graduate and you start working again you will look back and think well that was actually nothing because in the end your life your graduate school is just two years of your life and there are more benefits than mm-hmm. challenges Uh, from my from my uh, yeah experience i hope yeah. that answers to you mm. <laughs> to your concerns dorcas perfectly because i'm just thinking now like everything you said makes total sense they're fun nice and also just thinking how i feel like you i might even be more refreshed because i've taken time off from school like you know to work and i'll be very more ex- very much excited like looking forward to that space um at school again so yeah i i mm-hmm. i definitely yeah that's that's good yeah and that the your thought about finance is a perfect segue into our next question which is actually about finances um a lot of students want to go to grad school but may not have the financial support or even work starting to work you have to move like from one place if you are in beppo you have to move to tokyo or mm. osaka or wherever else and sora and i are just wondering like what are your thoughts on like just preparing finance either saving up or like gathering finance for whether it's grad school or employment as well like what what was that that period for you guys like in terms of money well that's a very interesting question and uh, i think again it would depend on the every person's background right maybe for some mm-hmm. people they have the support of their families mm-hmm. while they are well into late 20s right yeah But maybe for some other people their families are not really able to support them once they yeah. come to university right so they have to have their own back even while they are at university mm-hmm. but the reality is that uh, you need to save money definitely mm. like whether you are planning to go straight into employment graduate school internship or whatever or whatever you need to have enough money saved up so then mm-hmm you your decisions are not solely dependent on financial reasons right mm. let's say you are graduating but you haven't found a good job yet what mm-hmm. you are looking for right so if you have maybe 1 million or 2 million yen a kind of cushion to fall back on mm. then you can take your time you know mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. something and then to look for the job that's better suited for you or let's mm-hmm. say you started working in your company for and after one or two years you feel that it's not really the right thing for you so if you have some money saved up again 
you have wider options, right? That's why mm-hmm. uh, no matter if you are in your second year, third year, fourth year, or like already graduated, my first advice, first of all, to myself would be try to save as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with Sultan. I think, yeah, saving money is, is, is really the learnings that I had. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, yeah. because I mean, six years of professional experience, of course, you could have saved more money. But then if you want to balance uh, life and having fun and work, it's 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 not that easy to save money. But yes. I learned <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we want to have fun, right? Yes. We have a stressful work during the weekdays. Sometimes you just want to, you know. Take the steam off out of uh, your your head, and it's it's not care. Yeah, exactly. It's not wrong or buying a little bit of, I don't know these, these cute shoes. <laughs> no, but that is a temptation for sure. But what I learn, what I learn is overspending is also not nice. But mm-hmm. if you can find a way to to save little by bit or for me what I do is I try to have two separate account Mm -hmm. one is Mm -hmm. where my salary is coming and the other one is the one that I want to save and I cannot touch it so you uh, I I put certain target that for example okay I want to save 30% 30% of my salary mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. saving account. And I cannot touch it no matter what happened. I will open it again three years from now. Mm-hmm. So having to have a little bit of stoicness, I guess, that can mm-hmm. help with saving. But in the end, without experiencing what it's like to not have saving when you're a student <laughs> mm. and having having as Sultan said, like money, you, you, you don't... You don't have dependency on on the finance when you want to make decision or when something urgent happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe try to make. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's what I learned. I try to separate it, and then when I want to have fun, then maybe, for example, in. In uh, months of summer, you you put instead of thirty percent, ten percent of your salary mm. or something like that. Like make it a little bit flexible, but not too mm. flexible. <laughs> if wow. you know what I mean, <laughs> not too flexible, just a little bit. <laughs> wow, you guys are really giving us the advice we need to hear. Honestly, exactly. yeah, saving and yeah, because. You feel very constrained, especially money is the one thing that just makes you throw everything to the wind and just follow wherever the money is. So if we're not saving, we might end up even taking up a job that we don't like and just make that like first few years of our working experience miserable. So Mm -hmm. thank you guys. Thank you guys big time. Thanks Um, a lot. Sora? Yes. Um, Eugene, this is just us chatting now. Eugene, please remove this. I was thinking perhaps we can go <laughs> on to the 
<laughs> we're already 59 minutes. Perhaps we can go on to the individual questions. You All can right. start with Sultan. Yeah. Okay, sure. Kana? Let's do that, probably. Okay. Okay. So, Eugene, we can start from here. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's we are giving stuff. signs to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Eugene. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very natural. It's very genuine. Keep it, Eugene. Don't remove it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Sorry. So, um, Dorcas and I kind of thought about um, one question, uh, which was more related to job hunting in Japan. And in the case of Sultan, um, the job hunting started in your third year, right? And then uh, now Dorcas and I are on our third year as well. A lot of other uh, students and our friends are also at the same stage of their studies. Um, you told that job starting job hunting and finishing it in the third year kind of gave you a nice um, kind of feeling before starting, before going on to a bigger kind of, uh, how can I say, bigger or different stage of your life. And what would be your advice for students like us uh, considering who consider working in Japan after graduation, uh, especially in their third year? What would you think about the things that we should probably do on our third year to get b better prepared for the job process? Probably. Mm -hmm. Well, um, the first advice I think would be universal is to don't uh, over, don't underestimate the Japanese language. You know, I think mm. I, I thought the same that I don't want to learn Japanese because I want to find a workplace where I won't be needing Japanese, right? But, mm -hmm. but again, knowing Japanese it's in itself is a very valuable skill and it opens up your options very much. Mm -hmm. That's why even if you are in your third year, uh, if you have a chance, study up on your Japanese and make sure that you know, you're not ignoring it. You're not mm -hmm. missing that opportunity. Mm. Right. And second would be think about what you want to do in terms of the uh, the type of job, I would say. <clears throat> like, you know, maybe you want to be a more hand to do some hands on job like an IT engineer or like accountant. Right. Or maybe you like more uh, kind of things that are based on soft skills, mm. such as like management, planning and stuff like that right yes. and again it's going to be a repetition but yeah an internship will definitely help you understand what you like and what you don't like and also talking to people about what they do right <clears throat> mm -hmm. and third would be uh, look at the don't limit your options you know like for now so far we've been talking about only two things like after graduation, either you are going straight into work or straight into graduate school, right? But there mm -hmm. are many yeah. other options that I did not see when I was a student, right? For example, uh, there are internships. You can take a gap year and defer your mm -hmm. graduation and just, you know, uh, fool around a little bit. 
if you can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can you can <laughs> make business, you know, you can maybe yeah. go and travel and talk to people and stuff like that, right? And mm-hmm. last but not least, I would say look at the big picture. Don't think only about the work or the money that mm-hmm. you want to earn, but rather, you know, the work and the money, all of it is for the life, right? Mm-hmm. You want. So that's why thinking about the life that you want to build for yourself will make it easier for you to kind of decide what you want. So that's why maybe try to look at the bigger picture. Mm. that's quite refreshing that's quite um how can i say that makes us students to think more or uh to widen our perspective yeah Mm. that's very valuable thank you very much it really is wow like because it's very easy to just think about what's next and I mean, people sometimes say, ah, oh, just go with the flow. You don't know what's going to happen. But if you can, it is really good to try to think about what is going to happen after this next stage. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really good advice. Thank you, Sultan. And yeah, and for Shira, you worked in Japan and then you're now working in Europe. And I imagine that must be like the experiences might be a bit different, if not very different as well. And there may be similarities also. So we want to pick your brain a bit. What would you say um, are some, I don't know, differences and similarities mm-hmm. between working in Japan and working in Europe? Because I know some APU students might want to like go to different continents to work as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So how would you de- describe your experiences in these two different places? Sure. Uh, thank you for the question, Dorcas. I think um, there are similarities, depend also on the country. Uh, in Europe, even like the way of working in Germany, in France, in Switzerland, in Greece, in, in Spain, it's, it's, quite, it's quite different. And what I found similarities between Japan and Germany is depends on where you work. But for example, working with the public entity, I can mm. see the similarities of private company in Japan hierarchy and same with Germany. So, mm. yes, that's wow. the similarities. But then uh, what I see as an experience as differences are in Japan, people work hard like mm. like you cannot even imagine i remember i work until 11 p.m sometimes mm. i have to wake up at, uh, i have to be in the office already at eight when it's mm. really busy time but in europe in general from what i see is people value work-life balance more mm. so that's that's uh, for example everyone finish work at five or six and they will put their family or partner first mm. and so on. And uh, and for example, for my organization, maybe because it's a nonprofit organization as well, we, we have flexibility. Mm-hmm. As in, I'm now in Switzerland, but my my uh, organization is in Berlin, Germany. 
they have this flexibility of, okay, you're based in Germany, but if you want to work remotely, you can in certain time and so on. And also I, the team that we have is very, very diverse. We have our team in Kenya, Ghana, Mexico, Asia, Indonesia, mm. and even in Europe, we have a colleague from Belarus, uh, from Austria, and English. Uh, German is not the main language in the office, mm. it's English, which is quite the opposite of a Japanese uh, company. Yeah this mm -hmm. diversity and even my organization the gender balance is almost 50 50. Wow. in some wow. yeah in some in some japanese company well i was working in automotive industry can you imagine 50 50. no right I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it was not 50 50. but mm. yeah this flexibility work-life balance i think this is something that are different of course i like after six years of working in japan the working culture is kind of stuck in you as in mm -hmm. you are more detail oriented you are more structured compared mm -hmm. to the others and you can see that as as a strength but mm -hmm. because if you don't over overuse it so it's amount of good balance of structure from the Japanese uh, working experience and work the the flexibility in, in working in Europe. I think mm -hmm. if you can balance it well, it's, it's really, in the end, it's a nice combination, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then again, if you want to pursue uh, employment, in Europe, you need to have a master's degree. Everybody, ah. everybody here, they have master's degree mm. for employment. That kind of a must uh, to have a master's degree, especially if you're a foreigner. What the master's degree, especially in Germany, helps you is is you have a job hunting visa. So. After graduated, you have 18 months of job hunting visa where mm -hmm. you can work wherever you want, uh, get employment. It's not as easy as it sounds, of course, mm -hmm. to, to, to gain employment uh, in Europe. But networking, I think in Europe, this networking way of finding job or try to find someone who you think can be your mentor and lead you to and uh, to to become your you know, the person who can recommend you to other organization is i think important because in japan the job hunting it's more structured mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what i found in europe depends on on the company and organization of course but some some organizations a small one if you got recommendation from other people then then that's how you find jobs sometimes so network was very very important is still very important yes yes compared to wow. i think wow that's a really good reflection like 
and you looked at both sides, both the benefits as well. Like you work very hard in Japan, but then when you go elsewhere, you're among some of the top employees because of the skills you gain as well in Japanese companies. That's mm-hmm. that's really good. Yeah. yeah, it was quite nice to see both sides, both European context as well as Japanese context. And this kind of has brought me to uh, the question regarding uh, the challenges of working in a Japanese company. So especially as Shira mentioned, the main language and as well as Sultan mentioned earlier, the main language in most of the Japanese companies is going to be Japanese, right? Uh, despite the diversity in the company's employees, uh, etc. So I assume that it's probably quite hard uh, for the person who got uh, employed in a Japanese company and uh, for that person to use Japanese, even if that Japanese language is the third language maybe for that person. So apart from language and other things, what kind of other challenges uh, did you guys face in your Japanese employment phase of your life? Maybe uh, Sultan can go first this time. If yeah, if if that if that's okay, okay. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's close to language, which uh, which is culture. You know, uh, for example, we have the understanding of common sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, we have never experienced the culture, the Japanese working culture as foreigners. That's why yes. when you get employed and when you start working, even if you know Japanese language very well, mm-hmm. they will be, th- there are situations when you feel like a, a five-year-old child wow. because you just don't know what their common sense is in that situation, right? Like everyone else does. But you don't know. Like, mm-hmm. In a way, you can say unspoken or unwritten rules, or mm. the the Japanese phrase like kukyo yomo, understanding the atmosphere, you know. So this was a very big challenge for me. Kind mm-hmm. of, there are many many situations when I just don't know what to do or how to act. Mm-hmm. But I am expected to know that. So it puts oh. me in a very uncomfortable position, right? For example, uh, let's say when guests come to the company and I'm meeting them with my boss. So I am expected to behave in a certain way, right? Mm. But obviously, I don't know how to do that. And I end up embarrassing myself. <laughs> it's not a good feeling, you know, especially if you are someone with a kind of inferiority complex or some, you know, mm. self-esteem issues. It's It could be quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So probably um, getting into the Japanese kind of environment, getting into more and more conversations with Japanese people and kind of exposing yourself into that very deep Japanese culture uh, during the student years might be of some help, do you think? 
Yes, definitely. You know, getting out and talking with some real Japanese people. <laughs> I'm emphasizing real because I have to say that the most of the Japanese people at APU are a bit different from、mm. what you see the, the Japanese people at the, you know, at your workplace. Because most of the Japanese students at APU have maybe a study abroad experience, or at least they、mm. have this mindset. So it somehow brought them to APU, right? Yeah.、So、that's why I found that actually, they, they, of course, that's one way to practice. But again, spending more time like at your Baito place, talk, talking with your like older other employees, right?、Uh-huh. Or like、mm-hmm. joining some local exchange activities could be a way to go.、Oh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, why, that's quite helpful to know, especially now, right?、Uh, as we、yeah. are at the crossroads. So <laughs> we should probably、yeah. pay more attention to that. Yeah, but, but again, you know, on the other side of it, you don't really want to go get, get into a company that expects you to be a Japanese.、Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.、Mm. Interesting. All right. Yeah. And、um, if we don't have anything else on that question, then I want to move on to our last question. We are very, very close to the end. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Shira. I'm directing this question at you. <laughs> yeah. So,、oh, no. <laughs>、um, no. And also, I would also, yeah. Um, and I would also really like to hear Sutan's perspective as well as it relates to working in Japan. But, Shira, I know you're like the interim president of the AP Europe chapter, alumni chapter, and you've been in Europe for a very long time. So, I am wondering what is it like to be an AP alumni in Europe? And for Sutan, what is it like to be an AP alumni? In Japan. So, what I want you guys to tell us are like the perks, you know, what do you get? What what does it feel like to be an alum? <laughs> right.、Uh, maybe I can I can go first.、Um, be As、uh, AP alumni, one of the perks I think is you have friends everywhere in the world.、Hmm. Because, for example, when you move to Berlin, Germany, you can go to Italy and then you met your friends from APU, you go to Monaco, you go to Paris, everywhere in, in Europe, especially, APU alumni are, are there. So you don't really feel alone. If,、mm. As in, you have. AP alumni that understand the experience that you've gone through, and you can kind of reminisce together these memories of being in APU and cherish them during, during the time that you, you met AP alumni. And I think,、mm. uh, especially in Europe, there's not as many. Um, exposure to Asia.、Uh, so, or understanding like the culture in Asia. 
So I think this is something that if you are an APU alumni, you're basically kind of the bridge between two continents, mm. regardless wherever you're from. Because then it's, you know how it is to work, uh, to, to experience life in Japan and so on. And the perks, I mean, the Europe chapter, uh, APL and I Europe chapter board, we do annual general assembly every year annually. Mm. Uh, and we always try to bring AP alumni base in Europe uh, to come to the the same place. Last year we did Barcelona. Wow! wow. So everybody, everybody, everybody came to Barcelona, and this year we're thinking either Italy or Greece, and to, wow. to meet together there in the General Assembly. And the more, the farther I am. To APU, I feel like the more I want, I I need not need, but the feeling just organically, naturally came out that you want to contribute to APU. Mm. So, like having this woman in tech or other other initiatives that we can we can create to help the students in APU and to also promoting APU is just. It just came out natural because APU gave me a lot of things that even now I can value. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's really a treasure, a valuable experience that I couldn't get anywhere else. So mm. what can I do then to give back? Um, wow. Yeah. And, and it's community of like uh, global-minded people and these kind of community you don't find it elsewhere mm -hmm. I I sometimes like to con uh, to compare the community in APU and to compare the community uh, of my of my graduate school it's nothing mm -hmm. it's incompar incomparable because APU has people from around the world literally trying to understand it each other's cultural differences and this community i cannot find it elsewhere wow wow ap you should take that like what you just said and just post it on your website i'll be a good <laughs> like selling food for them also but that's amazing just hearing you like speak about the community that's that's beautiful honestly yeah yeah, beautiful. yeah we're all from different countries even if you're japanese you're from different cities in japan and you grow together as a community in a small uh hot spring town of beppu mm -hmm. and uh, i just for me i feel like the connection that we built was so strong that wherever you go in the world you will always think of APU. I mean, that's that's from my experience. Yes, yes. Of course, yeah. people might might have different thoughts. Yeah. That, that was such a good description that I wanted to apply to APU once right. again, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to APU. Yeah. <laughs> 
school time. This time, <laughs> this time APS, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! <sighs> yeah. So, how about in Japan, Sultan? Any? Yeah, same, same. You know, um, mm. definitely the the APU graduates are everywhere the alumni mm. are everywhere for example if you go to linkedin and then find if you see a company that you are interested in you can most definitely see someone from apu working in that company which That's is true. really great you know you can hit them up and ask them what it's like working there if they recommend it you know true what kind true. of jobs they do and if it's if it's especially someone you know personally maybe you can ask them to kind of introduce you, you know. Mm. Sorry. So yeah, definitely the yeah. it's a big plus and APU people are everywhere. <laughs> no matter <laughs> what stone you turn, there you find them there. From APU, yeah, will come out. <laughs> Kinda in a sense a continuous sense of belonging, right? To the community. Mm. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Mm. Right. So, um, as we are uh, kind of coming close uh, to the end because of the time constraints, of course, maybe I can ask both of our senpais uh, about your final thoughts, um, final, let's say, message or pieces of advice that you can give us. So, yeah, if you have something in mind, please feel free to share with us. Yeah. Maybe this time, sure, I can go first if that's okay. Yes, sure. Uh, to all AP students that are still unclear about what do you want to do in the future, I was the same with you when I was on third year. I didn't know whether I want to work in an automotive or or infrastructure or hospitality. So this is just a normal mm -hmm. thing to go through during your university time. Mm -hmm. And try to not to be too hard on yourself. For sure. I mean, it is a big uh, pressure to try to foresee what's next after your university. But don't forget that your student life is something that you will always remember when you graduate. So cherish those times with your friends, best friends, and enjoy the moment. And I think the best way to to try to figure out is just by talking to your friends, like have a different perspective of, of what you want to do. And, and also um, do, if you are interested in something, you can still go for it for sure. Yeah. And yeah. It's not easy, but Japanese 
is really important if you are if you want to have employment in Japan. Use the time as much as you can to try to do N one, for example. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. I did. I did my N one during APU. I failed. <laughs> And failing is normal. And then after working for one two years, I did again, and I pass. So wow. failing failing is not something bad. It's just a step to 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 your success. So don't be hard on yourself, but also don't stop trying. I guess. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you very much for those words. I felt like I was uh, in a short session of counseling, which I really I know. <laughs> 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 Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. How about Sultan? Um, yeah, um, Shira-san has perfectly summarized <laughs> most of the things. Right? Definitely, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't overthink. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, try to enjoy your university life. It's it's very precious. You know, it's it's very hard to wrap your head around while you are still in school. But once you leave, you, you kind of realize that those were precious moments. So, but yeah, try to talk to people. Try different things. Uh, don't be afraid of failing. Just go ahead and do it. Give it a try. Give it it. Give it an honest try. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't overthink. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, uh, thank you, uh, Sora and Dorcas, for this wonderful opportunity. It, it was, yeah. it, it's been really <laughs> great wow. uh, exchanging thank ideas you, and also hearing from uh, a very Dai Senpai. <laughs> oh no, not this. <laughs> yes. yeah. No, yeah, thank you so much, Dorcas and Sora and also Sultan. This is such a great, great time to get to know each other as well and to to see different experience, to know the concerns of of AP students because we all been through the same. Yeah. True, true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, we're at the end. Thank you guys so much, Shira and Sultan. This has been a very fun and also, should I say, I don't want to say life altering, but you guys have given us pieces of advice <laughs> that I think are very relevant at this point in our lives. And I hope other students listening, whether in your first, second, or third year, or even fourth, can also um, be able to utilize the lessons and the reflections that you guys have shared with us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Sora, for (laughs) being a co-host. Thank you. And yeah, thanks to our audience. Thank you for keeping up with us, for your constant support. Um, we really appreciate you guys and we hope you find this episode useful and if you do have any questions or comments or feedback or even guest recommendation please feel free to send us an Instagram DM at the Kaiwa podcast or an email at 
thekaiwapodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll be waiting for your thoughts. And we also just want to say thank you to everybody else that's going to be working behind the scenes on this episode. Credits go to the editing team, Eugene and Tiffany, to the parent marketing team, Yuma, Raz, and Tayo, to the graphic design team, Kokoro and Santi. Thank you guys for listening. And yeah, bye. We'll see you the next episode. Yeah, just before um, getting off, thank you, Dorcas, for um, beautifully <laughs> wrapping things up and for the whole episode. For our guests, especially, thanks a lot, guys, for your time, for your valuable time. It was so wonderful. And we kind of could learn a lot from you. Yeah.